the wake of a long and terrible war, our story awakens. With a future that is challenged by evil forces and tempered by powerful magic, a world struggles to find its destiny. A destiny which you now find yourself a part of, as the prophecy has foretold. These are the savage tales of Eberron. Now, settle in and prepare yourself for the thrilling adventures of our brave crew as they seek to make their own fate on this week's episode of Mourners of Lazar. Hi everyone, I'm Ellie and I'll be playing Dana. I'm Kevin and I'll be playing Rasto. I'm Michael with Dorlon. Hi, Ernesto here with Chugo. And I'm your dungeon master, Philip. Thank you for listening to Mornas of Lazar campaign. Appreciate y'all coming here to listen. And for our background question tonight, we have an interesting, what is your favorite childhood tale or legend or story? What was it about the story that most captivated you? Well, when when I was a girl growing up in, in Northern Seer, after Torlin got out of the prison camp and returned to Brayland, he set up a new home close to the border and you know, he, he came to see my father and I about two, three times a year. And every time he came, we would go down to the river and sit on the rocks and he would tell me stories. But the, the one I made him tell every single time was the tale of the four bards of Seaside. It's a story about, oh, there was this old donkey and this old blink dog, this old cat, this rooster. He wasn't old, he was in his prime. The, but the donkey and the blink dog and the cat had been serving their masters and mistresses faithfully for many years whether on the farm or the donkey, as the story has, it was helping transport loads of, of supplies to and from the front. But they got old and they got worn out and they couldn't do their jobs anymore. And the donkey's master was going to just neglect him until he died, so the donkey ran away. And he found the blink dog. And the blink dog had gotten too old to to hunt and defend his master. So he was going to be shot, so he ran away. And the cat, who had been catching rats all those years to keep the kitchen tidy and safe, well, he couldn't catch rats anymore. He was too old, he was going to be drowned, so he ran away. And the rooster, well, that was always the one that stuck with me because the rooster, he had this gift of prophesying the weather and he, he told the household where he lived that there was going to be beautiful weather for Baldry's feast. And when the donkey and the blink dog and the cat found him, he was crying his heart out on a fence post because even though he had told the lady of the house there would be beautiful weather for Baldry's feast the next day, well, since they were having all these guests, she told the cook to put the rooster in the soup. He was to be killed that night and he figured well he just better sing as long as he could until the end and the donkey had this idea that well if if they were too old to do these jobs and they had to run and they still had to to eat what if they all went to seaside to become bards and 
oh, they, they had an adventure. They they fought with some bandits. They made their way to Seaside eventually and made quite a splash. And yes, that was a pun. But the point of the story was that even though the donkey and the cat and the blink dog were too old to be useful and the rooster was just just pissed someone off they came to seaside and somehow these four animals which like i said it's a ridiculous story they became bards and everyone loved the beautiful music they made and they lived happily ever after and that was and that was the end of the story and i think the reason I asked him to tell me every single time that story. Well, you know, I didn't really know it at the time, but I knew it later after I after I ran away and joined the war. Far cry from becoming a bard, but well, it seemed that I'd found a new purpose, and maybe that's a grim thing to say about going out to the front, but I'd found a new purpose. And then after I got too old and worn out to fight, I ran away from Seer and found a new purpose. And the four bards of Seaside. Wow, I probably haven't heard that story in 20 years. Well, I'd like to give Ellie a Betty for uh, retelling one of my one of my favorite tales to tell, which I've certainly told her many times straight out of Dorland's mouth. The, the, the previous and, and following bears no resemblance to, uh, to real fiction, past or present. Copyright disclaimer? Pretty much. As for as for me, I grew up in the South Shore neighborhood of Metro listening to musicals. See, there's a, a lot of performers in South Shore, not the educated sort that they get in the Lyceum, not those, you know, high concept, big think, elven, fjarlin pieces. These are, you know, tavern songs and storytellings that were going on there. Real, real rough and tumble, folks. I did see some shows at the in the Lyceum over at like Aladra Smiles and them, but for the most part, I stuck to South Shore. But, but Sovereigns, I hated musicals. I thought the music sucked. I thought the acting was bad, and I was wondering why these people are singing about good mornings and like look these two people are in conflict why is there suddenly a dance number it made no sense but my mother she loved him and she dragged me along and i didn't want to disappoint her so i watched and i didn't say nothing i did learn to enjoy him later after something she told me settled in when i was an adult but but growing up there was one serial that i i really liked it was the adventures of Tresca, the wandering merchant. You know this one, with Tresca, you know, always going for that big score so she could open up her shop like the one her parents had, and she's going for the Kani artifacts, temple relics, some wild adventure taking her out to here or there, and always for one reason or another, she she finds herself having to do the right thing at the end, so she's got to give it up and, and doesn't ever get to to sell it off like she wants to. There were always these big sword fights and pyromagics. She's jumping into Fernia like, I don't know where this goes, but I know we got to get there. And there's, you know, all the recurring characters like the, the Night Lancer who's working for the crown. And there's this whole like, will they, won't they kind of dynamic going on because he works for the crown and they want those artifacts just as much as she does. And there's sometimes rivals, but then they wind up working together because there's bigger evils out there that want them to and they got to stop them. 
or you know there's that one time they they went they straight up went to Delur to find a dryad so she could sing this song that her fiance sang to her on their wedding day which was also the day that she died and i realized i i think what i liked about those stories was was their bigness this this idea that you could go and, and rip open the the jaws of Kyber itself and and go to Delur and 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 get a song from a dryad, and I love those stupid stories. I did. When I got my wings, my mom was so proud. We went out to see the latest one. Never did figure out how they ended, but I loved them. Oh, that was really cool. <laughs> Just saying. Let's see. <clears throat> That one I think I need to listen to twice because there's like something that happened at the end that I didn't quite understand. <laughs> but it's a good thing we're recording audio, huh? Well, us dwarven children, we have got a little bit different proclivities for, for tales than some of the ones that I tell Dana. Those rocks by, by the river in Seer. And uh, well, one of my favorites was this one that the village tale spinner relayed to me when I was but a young dwarf lad. It was, oh, it was Ron, the, the time of year, very important time of year for the Cauldron family. Baldry's feast was, was occurring and, well, the month of Ron is a particularly important for us Cauldron dwarves. As poets and bards, we, we draw an inspiration from the currents and the waxings and the wanings of the moon of Eberron that has the month been named after. And so there I was sitting on my stool and eating my little bit of red pudding during the feast. The tale spinner told us he was going to tell us the tale of Soranath and the Millennium Blade. And I thought, well, that's an interesting name, a Millennium Blade. Is it like Millennium Falcon or something or... Uh, but no, you'll find out just Hold on, listen, I'm getting to it. Well, a long time ago, probably about a thousand years, maybe more, but who can say? There was a Sorenath dwarf, Sorenath himself. He was an artisan, and he was one who dwelled in the Ironroot Mountains, or Trimoreln, as we call it. And while well, Sorenath, he had fallen into a rut with his craftsmanship. He had lost the inspiration he needed to create true works of art worthy of a Sorenath dwarf. And so he decided that he would go on a journey to help him rediscover his craft. And so he delved deep down into the tunnels of the Moorholds and the Iron Root Mountains, Dramorelf. And he went through many passageways, passed through areas with mineral pools that glowed and were of a strange and severe chill to them and he found one chamber where there was something strange within there was a construction that he 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 found there someone had been there before and they had constructed a forge and kiln and so he set to work he thought i have this this one opportunity and this must now be what has brought me down here. And so he started to to make his his great his great blade. And he got through the process of of tempering the blade and and putting it into the forge. 
And he got to the annealing process in which he was to smooth out the irregularities in the iron and, and after it had been shaped, let it cool down to a, a precise temperature over a long period of time. And so he, he steeped the blade in, in the hot dirt nearby that he had piled together and set back to, to wait for his work to be, to be finished. And he sat, and he sat, and he sat. And he had sat for a very long time. You see us dwarves in these mm, underground tunnels, you know, we don't always have a great sense of the, the days and the nights passing, considering that uh, sometimes we don't even have a light to accompany us. It's not necessary when you can see so well in the dark. Sometimes, you know, if there are settlements underground, we'll cultivate bioluminescent fungus that can help us get some sense of, of the passage of time by their, their cycling. But there was no such thing down underground here. And so it was, in fact... Another explorer that interrupted Sorenath. And when they conversed, Sorenath discovered that this was, in fact, another Sorenath dwarf. But they traced their lineages back, and this Sorenath dwarf was many centuries his younger. And it had turned out that in the time that he had been waiting for this blade to anneal, there had been several centuries that had passed. And so Sorenath became the very first dwarf to have the great revelation, Traholor. Traholor. <laughs> that's, that's... Traholor. <laughs> Traholor. Okay. Well, in Truco's case, I mean, Truco hasn't really got an opportunity to get many children's stories in his life. He hasn't really been around the great tutorships. I don't know. I don't know how to say, but... The, he hasn't around good people in in his early years, let's say. But there was one time where he was, as per usual, running away, away from the guards. And at one point he tripped on the street. And, and a lovely lady, a gnome, offered help to him to get away from the guards. He like had a tent next to a shop of hers. And she helped Truco to, to hide behind this tent. And, and avoid the guards. She seemed like a really sweet gnome, like really ask him how, how good was he and what, what he was doing. And, and she offered help. Took a bit hesitant, didn't, didn't approach and, and just run away from her. He did her his name, Quelly. After that, he got to his, let's say, his uh, mentor in the burglar Profession, another gnome by the name of let me check my notes that I have Balpip Balpip Lonadar and this gnome a bit old like much more he wasn't he was someone that taught him a lot of what is to survive in the streets and and what to took was the only way to survive in the streets he happened to tell to tell Balpip about this this gnome, this this little this gnome girl helping him, and uh, he quickly showed like concern and our for Truco to some extent, and he told he told him, well Truco, but don't you know that this this gnome a woman 
is is the boot maker of here. Chuku said, yeah, there were there were there were boots all around the tent. But do you know that this really good woman that seems to be really sweet and nice lures little children to help and offering offering things to to their children, to this these children on the street. He says, yeah, what up with with that? Well, this this little woman just gets them on the tent. No one no one sees them, these little children, no one knows, right? No one cares for them. And after some time or so, she has more boots to sell. Truco didn't quite catch that at first, and Volpu just went to him, took him by his shoulders. Do you understand this, my friend? You don't have to cross the street to meet this woman. She will make you harm. She will turn you into boots. At that point, Truco stood shocked, as young as he was. Well, and from that point on, she never spoke to that woman, and she got to know the bootmaker in that little town, little place of Metrol. At least from his, from his perspective, was wasn't up to good. Nice, thank you for all that. I never I trusted I'm the cobbler two either. For those stories, I mean, each one of those is really spectacular. I'm with you, Michael. I'm glad that we're recording this. <laughs> Jesus, go back. <laughs> I had to tell you, Ernesto, I never trusted those cobblers either. Oh, yeah. They are quite a thing. That goes for the pies as well. And this week for our session recap, we have Russ doing a recap. Ew. All right. Here's what I know. We took the majestic griffin, Truco, Torlin, Dana, myself. On Captain's orders, we held that quarterdeck. Truco even spiked three more of the Griffin's crew from above with his knives as they came up to try and take it back. But with the fighting died down, the Storm Reaver crew set about prisoner and cargo transfer. But it weren't long before the casks were opened in the galley and the grog started flowing. Oh, there was singing and dancing the plenty, so long as you weren't a crewmate of the Griffin rotting down in the Storm Reaver's bilge. I know, I played that part myself. Truco and Torlin they wanted information. Torlin wanted to know if Master Scourge had sent down psycho fans to kill him, maybe make it look like an accident. Druko, well, far as I can tell, he just wants dirt. They recruited Conkabar to do their digging for him, go about their evening. Torlin himself gets recruited by Dana to sing, not that she had to try real hard. She's feeling a bit musical herself, but when Torlin goes to carry his tune, he's so deep in the grog that it carries him instead right off to an early nap. Me, I went and got a lesson in Lazar lifestyle when Miss Quinn put me in my place for thinking she is some delicate flower fisherman's daughter. <laughs> she ain't no spoiled princess. And even if she was, who am I to try to be a knight when I ain't had my wings for years? That's how about how the night goes for all of us. Dana tried to share a moment with me, but it didn't go well. Truco tried to get in the captain's quarters from the Reaver's stern balcony and earned himself a quick trip into the drink for his trouble. Next day, we all learned that the Griffin's getting got to Mr. Legras. Scourge is gonna be her first mate. The whole day is spent prepping for pardon, and while we do fret a bit about getting separated from each other or some of these strange folks we've all started to call friends, we come to learn next morning that we're all going over. Dana's joining us as swabs, and the conditions don't sound too great. Double shifts for everyone. 
No grog rations. No going on the deck past sundown unless explicitly ordered. All crimes will be met with the cat and nine instead of the lash. And Torlin is chained to the mast to ensure Dana's compliance. It's now the eighth of Olaroon, and the Griffin and the Reaver have begun to part ways with us on the Griffin headed towards Park Crez. First shift on our first shift on the Griffin has just begun. Thank you for that. A Benny um, for that uh, recap, I will suggest. <laughs> no, it's fine. Well, thank you for the recap. Would also like to send out a thank you to Ellie for all the work that she does on the blog and managing the blog and communicating with her Discord folks. I'd like to thank Michael for the work that he does on the podcast. I know I don't necessarily do a great job thanking people who do a lot of, do a lot of the work into what we do here, or at least getting that content out to the community. So wanted to do that. So at this time, the Storm Reaver has sailed away. The Griffin slowly kind of gets begins to get under the way. There's still a, there's still a lot of damage to the rigging and stuff like that from the battle that's happened. There wasn't too much hull damage, so she's still pretty much kind of in one piece, whatnot. But but you all are also short manned, and so the work is hard and challenging. Torland is chained up to the I can't. Think which mass that is. You just looked at that rust. Yeah, I think that, I thought the. Yeah, four masts is the front. I was thinking the mizzen mast was the one in the front. Yeah, he's tied to the mizzen mast back on the on the poop deck. It's someone bringing him like water and stuff, or no one is doing that. Well, you're you're hard at work. At this point. Yeah, can tell. Uh, okay, okay. You're working on sale. I think I called out. Uh, you're working on sails, I believe. You're working from the deck on sails, so you're not. You don't even get to climb up in the masts anymore or anything. Um, mm, okay. Just doing a bunch of rope work and work, you know, rigging work from the from the deck of the ship. What what Russ get assigned to? I think bilges. Yeah. What's that? Bilges is what Russ got assigned to. That's what I thought. And Dana was uh, scrubbing the deck. So as this day begins to to go on and transpire, is there anything that you guys are up to as far as ship actions or anything else in that regard? I suppose Torlin would be counting seagulls. Yeah, pretty much. This is going to be a feeler day, and Russ is going to work hard quietly. Anyone uh, else scrubbing the deck? Yeah, um, Sandara is scrubbing the deck. Chuka's mm-hmm. going to see if he can uh, sneak out of work to some extent. And yeah, watch uh, Torlin. And if someone is looking at him or someone is like... I don't know if, if there's anyone. I mean, if if Trugo can sneak into where Torlin is at some point. So Torlin is on the deck, yeah. topside. He's just yeah, up yeah. on the poop deck, which is off limits to normal sailors during the daytime. Right. And so in that regard, it's actually going to be incredibly challenging to sneak there because there's a lot of people around on on those decks and everything like that during the day. It's much easier to like kind of shirk the work a little bit and then go, you know one of the below parts of the deck. What'd you say just now, sorry? I was you, saying, if you're gonna try and sneak someplace else in the ship and check things out, it's it's a bit easier to do it when you go below decks. Below deck. There's not right. as, quite as many people, there's places to hide, there's things that'll block line of sight. Right. You know, especially from the poop deck, there's there's not much that will block line of sight to hide behind. All so right. you can try it, you would know beforehand though, it would be exceptionally difficult. Yeah, I, I will roll a smart check on myself to see whatever 
that's reasonable or not. Okay, it's reasonable. Okay, so I will go to... I will try to sneak into, yeah, a lower part of the deck and check out uh, whatever the... Because uh, Cutthroat uh, is here, right? Too? Nope. Or, no? Oh, okay. All right. I don't know. Whatever seems... Yeah, maybe try to... Do you want... Do you want... No, do I carry myself? I probably won't do this at the day. At day, I'll probably do this uh, at night time. So I might not do that. Okay. And I would just work the legendary. I see Unao's token on the on the deck, not too far. What's don't take necessarily people's position on the deck as a place that they're actually at. I see. I said I was just essentially just putting the entire crew on the ship so they have them available. So. Gotcha. Yeah, well, he's my target, and if I can't get to him, I'll just work diligently. Give me one uh, second here. Yeah, he's he's topside. He's doing a lot of rope work, so you can you can try and make the opportunity to speak to him. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just like work my way over there as I'm as I'm scrubbing. Okay. So I am able to get close enough to talk to him. Sure. All right. So while he's there coiling the rope, and I'm down on the deck. You know, very inconspicuously, you know, scrubbing my way in, in his direction. And I look, I just look straight at him and say, Do you remember me? I'm Nil's friend. Good question. Nil being uh, the bartender at the Silver Eel and one of my declared uh, permanent contacts for the principalities. Right. He, he kind of, he kind of looks at you like this. Long, you know, he doesn't spend too much time kind of looking right at you. And he goes, I don't know, you look kind of familiar. You're trying to get me in trouble? This no, no, I want to get... Not trying to get anyone in trouble. I want to get all of us out of it. Look, my name's Dane. I'm one of Nil's friends. I've I've seen you around the eel. You been crewing on the ship long? I mean, bef- before this plastic captain, I'd been serving on the Griffin for a year and a half. Good, that's good. Listen, me and and some some of these other folks here, we weren't on the Storm River by choice. If you get my drift, we're we're not with them. We're not with Lagrin Scourge. And uh, if you know your way around this ship and what she what secrets she's got going on and what she can handle and what she can't, I want you to help me take it. Give me a persuasion check. Uh, persuasion check. Come on, big money. I can do better. Wait, do I have a free reroll on my persuasion on this character? Do I? I do. Charismatic? I am. Yes, Dana is charismatic, so I'm going to take my free Radical. reroll. Uh, there's an ace for a total of 10 I'm holding. Okay. <clears throat> you know, he, he just kind of like keeps on working on his rope and stuff like that. And, you know, he kind of looks back up at the quarter deck where... Uh, Master Scourge is yelling at Truco right now for slacking on his on his on his rope work and he kinda glances back at you kinda side eye and he just goes Talk to me later tonight but where there's less ears. Where'll I find you? I mean we're all stuck below decks, it's I'll I'll find you. I'll find you. Yeah, same where I'll find you. I mean you're all sleeping down on the on below the main deck under one on the Storm River was the uh, weapons deck and everything like that. Right. So you all be together and there's a galley, so. Real quick before I get back to work, did the captain make it? Your captain, did they make it? No. All right, okay, I'll find you later. And I get back to work. Okay. 
So... As a general note, Torlin would be looking at uh, some of the new crew from the Majestic Griffin and just trying to identify if any of them were some of the swabs that we fought with or did not kill. So give me a notice check. Okay. That's a seven. Yeah, I would say with basic success, I was going to say with the heat of the battle, but you you did kind of like gather up all the prisoners and stuff like that. Yeah, you'd see at least two of them were two swabs that you fought up on the uh, aft castle when you guys took the ship. Can I remember their names from the roll call this morning or 10 minutes uh, ago, you know? Give me give me another, no, give me a smarts roll. That's a five. Yeah, it was Illyria and Ajar. All right. Pretty good. So, you find your particular task. Well, there's Russ's task. Russ, give me an athletics check followed by a vigor check. Okay. Hard roll those. Athletics. Dana, I need an athletics check. Oh, and the vigor check is at minus one. And I need an athletics check from Dana at minus one. That's a. a- 11 on the athletics check and snake eyes on the vigor. Oh, that's a seven for Dana with the, with the negative modifier. We both just came up shy of our race. And Torlin, give me a vigor check. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is a 12. Two raises. Torlin, I'm hovering over your Lyrius. I see that. And there we go. Truco, I need a boating check, followed by a bigger check at minus one. All right. That is uh, an 11 in boating and a bigger check, you say? Yeah. Bigger check. And that is a two, which I will Benny for a much better five. Minus one. So that's a four. All right. All right. So evening time comes. You are fine. You find oh. you're left at the mizzenmast. Mm-hmm. The rest of you are, you know, told to take your meals in the galley for the evening. And again, no entertainment and nobody's uh, allowed above decks without permission of some kind. Russ, you just, you know, normally there's a couple people in the bilges helping things out and do the combat and the things that happen and stuff like that. There's much more water here than kind of normal, and you've had to work kind of your your butt off. You, you get it done, but by the end of it, you just really find yourself just really exhausted, taking on a level of fatigue. And, and for the crit fail, we will say there is some horrible muck, too, underneath here in the bilges. And not only does your coat get caught, but... It catches on something as well, and you get a horrible rip in your oh, nice no. blue searing coat. Oh, oh no. man. That's, that's just nasty, man. That's not getting buffered out. No. Yeah, that was... That was harsh. That was a little low blow, wasn't it? Oh, man. That was. Yep. Um... I think the GM should lose a Benny for that level <laughs> No, that's that's just crit. I think I should be given a Benny for my creativity yeah, on yeah, how to yeah, handle it. I was thinking failure. that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could have gone with two levels of fatigue with no, that crit no, fail. No, you're just you're hitting me where it hurts. That's I know. So yeah. 
So evening time does come. Dana, you can give me a common knowledge check. That's an ace for a total of nine, I'll hold. Okay. You know, you're not uh, 100% sure where you guys are. I mean, you, you can't pinpoint precisely where you're headed per se, but what you do notice instead, especially because it was called out beforehand that Mr. Logra, Master Scourge was taking the Griffin to uh, Port Crez. You do note, notice kind of like late in the evening or late in the day, just early evening, after you guys have been sailing for quite some time, the, the Griffin does make a, uh, a slight change in course slightly and begins heading, it's still somewhat south, but definitely heading kind of more west. And you definitely kind of think like not in the direction of Port Crez. Do I have any idea what's west of Port Crez? Well, as far as you've been able to tell, I mean, with the rays, you guys haven't even totally cleared, I believe it's the, the Brine Mountains yet off the coast of the mainland. So <clears throat> totally could be heading into the, you know, the Fever Sea and heading south towards Cabera, southwest towards Cabera, you know, full on in that direction. Southwest towards where, sir? They could be heading to Shorn for all you know. So I'm Okay. Using- <laughs> okay. We're heading away from the court, from the heart of the principalities is what I'm gleaning from this. You're, yeah, you're essentially kind of like following the mainland instead of heading pretty much due south and somewhat east, which would take you to Port Crez. All right. Okay. Obviously, I want to go keep my, my meeting with Unau. If out of character, if Truco and, and Russ would want me to bring them to this meeting, I will absolutely make overtures of that in character. Yeah, why not? Sure. All right, so uh, yeah, I'll just kind of go around the hammocks or whatever, you know, tap, you know, tap Truco. Hey, come, come with me. Go find yeah, yeah. Russ. Look, uh, look. About him. like what? What time in the evening are you looking for, trying to seek him out? Yeah, oh, he never, he never told like anyone. Right to after find dinner, him. or more towards bedtime, or um, maybe during dinner. Maybe that's well during dinner you're eating with most everybody else and a lot of people around so oh yeah okay. like I, I would I would definitely want to to catch him afterwards where we could get a quiet moment without it being weird okay now give me all three of you can give me notice checks well so when I when I went to to fetch Russ I just look him up and down with his coat and go like are you okay I had an accident in the bilges it's I'll just have to get it repaired when we can get back to land, I guess. You know, oh, no, that, that was a really nice coat. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a really nice coat. Are you hurt? Uh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm 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 not hurt. I'm just I'm real exhausted. I was, yeah, whatever, I was the but, only one down there. But the coat, man, that was like really. It seemed like really expensive stuff. Why are you, are you like uh, so carelessly about it? True, go. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I've been. I've been shouted out by Scourge so many times that I don't know what, where am I, who am I, and why I'm turning into Scourge in some way. I don't know. Whatever. Look, look maybe, maybe it's best I put this coat in my locker for a while anyways. I killed one of these folks, and blue coat sticks out like sore thumb. Maybe I don't need any of them to recognize me right now. I might be too late for that. Well, I've, I've got someone we can talk to. Come with me. All right. Follow, follow my lead. I don't want to spook him. I don't know him well, but I do right. know him. So, what'd you get on your notices? Five. Seventeen. Seven for me. What about you, Truco? Okay, so Truco and Russ, 
you can kind of definitely see like in the galley and where the food served and all that kind of stuff like that. I mean, you guys, all, all three of you somehow, astonishingly to your great surprise, somehow managed to not end up on the mast during bloody hour today. There was, a, there was a couple not so lucky. However, but particularly during the meal, fish guts served the meal and the meals served like in the galley as opposed to, you know, kind of on the main deck here. It, you can you can kind of see it feels like everybody's more in the particular groups than they even were previously on the storm reaver right you know sandar is kind of hanging out with you guys a bit you know the, the only one that's still kind of like by himself is you know crimson cog who's you know effectively been like a loner the whole time right dana what you even notice even in particular you know especially since you were on the mostly on the main deck all day and kind of like you know looking out for stuff it really seems that even among the swabs, the lines have been drawn even further. And those that are, you know, whether the term is loyal or friendly or subservient to Scourge and Lagra, get away with a bit more. And they're also, they're also scrutinizing you all as well in a way that you really didn't experience before, right? So in a way, it's almost kind of like vultures are circling, right? So with with that, you go off to find Uno? Yes, we do. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you managed to you managed to catch him. And so if you're trying to get to to a real private place, I would say it make me stealth rolls. Are you trying to do something else? I, I would like it to be a very private conversation, yes. Okay. Let's make a group group stealth check then. What do I got here? Three aces on the D4 so far. Come on up to the poop deck so Torlin can listen in. It's uh, <laughs> a great idea. Minus, 15 minus 1 is 4. I'm... Or 14, sorry. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, sorry. so many aces then. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to bunny my 5 just for kicks. This is, this is just a group stealth check, oh. right? So I'm not looking for individual roles. I'm kind of like looking for the totality of the roles. All Nine, right, I'll keep my 5. Kevin, you're going to carry us. Okay, you got a five. Russ got a 14. What did Truco get? Nine. Okay. Yeah, you kind of managed to find him off while he's like rummaging around his locker and, you know, you kind of like come around him and, you know, get off to a, a place where the lamplight down here isn't the greatest and whatnot. And you think you're, you kind of believe that nobody else is around, at least at the current moment. All right. So to kind of stand around or. I guess, you know, just like sitting down on some crates or whatever. I just I just hold out my head and say, I remember you, but I don't think we've been properly introduced. I'm Daniel Lazani. Nil and I, uh, we crewed together on the Traveler's Folly before we wound up in Lazar. It's, it's, didn't, didn't expect to see anyone from the EL out here, that's for sure. <clears throat> no, Mora. I mean, he's kind of like looking, looking at you. I mean, the lighting's not great where you all are at and everything, and... He, he just goes, yeah, I don't, I don't remember too many House Deneath coming into the eel. This is a recent development as of yesterday. Oh. I mean, I, I was working for him before, but th- this this is a recent development. Nothing here's uh, nothing about this is official business in the slightest. Don't you worry. Okay. So this is <clears throat> this is Truco. This is Ruskell. Uh, we've been crewing together on the Reaver, if you want to call it that. Not our choice. And the the old man chained to the mast up there is uh I'm afraid he's Lagra's bargaining chip. He's uh 
He's important to me, and I've been told that if I get out of line, the old man's going to pay for it. And that's where, that's where you come in. Didn't say nothing about you. She didn't say nothing about you. Hey, look, you want your ship back, right? You don't want a crew under Lagra. Keep, keep talking. Well, I mean, actually, when when he introduced when you introduce him all this stuff like that, he kind of shakes all his hands and just says, "Good fortune and sure sail. Wait, the one that can crack Tidewater Rock." Uh, nice to meet you. Uh, sorry for the the fight and all the death, but yeah, nice to make your acquaintance. I'm here with them. Yeah, I mean, she. You just introduced the two of them, didn't you? I, I gave their names. Yeah. Yeah. He he kind of looks at you. Goes, I'm not quite getting your meaning because. I mean, it's it, it's clear those are some mean cusses up there, and I have no intention of going up onto that, up onto the aft deck and getting some lashes just to. Oh, they are they are very mean cusses. I've got the stripes myself to prove it. And listen, I don't I don't intend to die out here any more than you do, but I don't intend to live out here with them up top either. So. You've got how, how many of the crew of the Griffin survived? How many people we got over here? Is it just you? No, I mean you would know that there's five others that came out. Five including him. Wait, no, six. No, five including him. Were you all crew, One. or did any of your officers survive? And were those folks assigned to the to well, the Griffin? Out out of character. This is something that you would have noticed when the whole crew came on the ship and during roll call. As part of roll call, one of the Griffin crew members was made an officer, and then there was four other. Two came on as swabs. Two came on as riggers. All right. Okay. So that that's that's common knowledge that you guys right. would have noticed very easily. It's a small crew right now. Right. Oh, uh, we are talking right now to one of the not, not the officer one. The yeah. Officer's uh, Moira. Unao Mora. Yeah. No, the, the officer is Moira Vatheron. She's the quartermaster. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Uno, listen, we've, like I said up top, you know the ship, you know her secrets, you know what she can take, and you know what she can't. You know how far she can be pushed, and you know how far she can't. And I'd put, I'd bet a drink that you know a thing or two about how to get into places that maybe the crew's not always supposed to. We've just been on the storm wave for a month. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, he's currently up on the poop deck. The only way to the poop deck is cross the quarter deck. There's not a special secret way through there. I mean, right underneath that is the captain's cabin, which I'm imagining Mr. Lagra's now occupying. Look, so, I mean, I, there's no... If he was held underneath someplace, that'd be a different story, but... That, no, you're, you misunderstand me. That's, that's not what I'm asking right now, though I do need to get him food and water somehow at some point. I... This this ain't the time to think small. We've been on four of us. We've been on the Storm Reaver for a month. We've been looking for a way to to get off. Now we're off. Problem is we're still stuck with Logger and Scourge. What I'm what I'm saying. You you are you talking I'm, mutiny? Yeah. Oh, she's talking. She's talking mutiny. That's that's exactly what I'm talking. Look, we all know we can handle ourselves in a fight. You've got friends here. We've got some friends who came over from the Reaver with us who also weren't there by their choice. And now we've got a few little extra tricks up our sleeve. And I point at my eye and say, I can, I've always made it a point to help protect the people under my command. And now I can help do it a little bit better. What, what? I've just been just a swab on this ship. I can't say that 
I have the mouth of a bard or something like that, so I'm not sure that I can get anybody over if that's what you're asking. That's I mean, fine. Just point point me to the right people and come and come with me, and I'll do the talking. I wouldn't necessarily say any of them are the right people. All of them seem to be a little bit, this moment, grateful for the fact that they've even got their lives. And they're kind of, they seem to be uh, Mr. Lagra for And you think this is, this is life? This is, I mean, I, 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 I personally won't even tolerate a week being treated as this, the shit that we are being going. I mean, to just today, we've been like, just like, this is horrible. How long you think Truco is is telling the truth? How long you think these folks, even the ones who are grateful right now tonight, are gonna last with double shifts, no grog, and getting lashed if they cough funny? I'm in. Good. So what? Am, and and the other people you've been crewing with? I want to talk to, to them. I want we're gonna have to go to them individually. Yeah. Yeah. Just introduce us. That's all I'm asking. What I'm suggesting at this moment sentiment I've heard, I'm not sure approaching them is a good idea. Why is that? Well, Moira has been quite grateful at both her life and receiving a promotion. The other three swabs were quite friendly to her. Did Moira have uh, ambitions under your captain? Not that I necessarily noticed, but desperate times, during desperate times, different things come out of people. I mean, we do have friends too. We are not just the three of us. We, we do have more. friends too. We do have friends too, and we need to talk to them. Um, I mean, when when are you planning this? When we get enough folks for it to have a fighting chance. Contact you when when time comes. Because from the from the looks of those bastards, I, I don't think I don't think many of us are going to last that long. Then then the um, clock got moved forward faster, and like I said, point you know. Don't worry, we'll take care of the talking. Yeah, and if we do the things right, they won't last long either. <laughs> My friend here speaks the truth. He he likes to tell stories, but he tells the truth. <laughs> just just to <laughs> check, and I, and I approach to the guy, like, and like my fingertip out up to his face. Scourge is mine. Say to him. <laughs> no, you're muted, Kevin. Same. Give him a Benny for that. Yeah, give him a Benny for that. No. Listen, I'm not I'm not gonna bother you any more tonight. I don't last thing I wanna do is get you in trouble before it's time for all of us to get in trouble. But I do need to figure out how to get the old man something to eat or at least something to drink. I mean And you say the only way is up through the captain's quarters? Across the quarter deck. Across the deck. Or if you got somebody who can climbing up inside the ship. I look, look at over Truco. at Truco. <laughs> yeah, we both look at Truco. Sorry, what? I was, I was, there was a rat over there and I was like hungry. But what you guys were saying? Who now figures if, if someone can climb up the side of the hull, that would be a way to get some food and water to Torlin. Oh, pardon me. Yeah, that's, then I start, where do I have to go? Who now does kind of look at you and goes, I mean, if you're worried about keeping him in good health, nighttime's pretty cold out here. It's still winter. And the longer he remains chained up to that mast during the day, if, Captain's not going to move him. It's going to take its toll on him. I know, I know, but <laughs> I don't know what to do about that right now. Now, like I said, he's he's the bar- he's Lagra's bargaining chip. She wants something from me, and I think that's just to to break. And until I do, he's staying there, which means he's staying there. Okay. Uh, and you see him just kind of go like, all right, all right I'm good. Go, any any like turns and starts walking away. 
That went decent enough. Well, it it did. Let's come on. Let's go ask Fish Guts for some for something to eat. So Torlin is. I mean, I know there's not a lot that you can do since you're shackled up there, but is there anything in particular that's? I mean, I'm up on the poop deck, and the quarter deck is where the officers hang out during the daytime, right? Is there anything I overhear? Yeah. yeah. Is Solent singing point, this point, out of boredom? At this point in time, being the evening, yeah. Salty <laughs> is the one at the helm. Salty. <laughs> Patch Salty. He's always been a, a bootlicker of uh, Master Scourge. Okay. That was, uh, he's been promoted, right? Yes. He's become, gotcha. he was, uh, actually, no, Patch. Well, he was formerly one of the officers. He was the boatswain's mate. Gotcha. So he was the mate to Master Scourge. So he's actually been promoted. Instead of being the boatswain's mate, he's the boatswain now. Yeah, I mean, if, if Torlin's up there and he sees it's it's Mr. Salty Patch, you know, he, he'd get singing a dwarven sailor's tune. And is he also a dwarf? He's a dwarf, but he's... I mean, he has definitely clearly been uh, one of the ones more hostile to you through the course of your entire time on the Storm Reaper. Yeah, so it's the same one that, uh, you know, he was singing in the hold the other day when, when he got all drunk and bunged it up. But this time it's it's accurate to the lyrics. And this is a tune that, that pirates wouldn't like because it's a, it's about how, you know, the, the Syrian sailors are, are hunting down privateers and pirates on on the Scion Sea. So Torlin's okay. trying to get a rise out of him, I suppose. Just to see what happens. Sure, and even though we're not in combat, I think to me this your sharp turn your sharp tongued aspect of the the bard works here for that. So go ahead and give me a performance check. Okay. And I'm giving Dana a penny for That's an eleven. That last scene. Uh, was it 11 performance? If there's a plus uh, one, I, it might be a 12. I don't think I gave you a plus one for anything. Do you have it for something? Uh, sharp toned? No, that's just an effect. It's not a bonus to your performance. Basically, normally in combat, you can use performance to test a foe during combat, which is essentially what you're doing now here is you're trying to taunt him and rile him up Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I've totally forgotten about that one because I feel like every time I, I narrate a test, it would wind up being performance anyways. Uh, you're not allowed to use performance to test a phone? Not normally so much. It's just, it's... I thought you could kind of use any skill for testing. Yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll modify that. I don't know that normally in Savage Worlds you can use any skill or not. Certainly how I've tended to run it. So I may rethink that. We digress. Yeah, we digress. An 11, he, he's yelling at you a number of times to shut your mouth, you filthy dwarf. You filthy cauldron. Oh, you can uh, shut this mouth. I, I bet you can't. It's larger than Kyber's maw. Since you don't shut up, finally at one point, he kind of like leaves the wheel and comes up to you and gives you a strong gut punch. Yeah, that's the liver. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have any plan for this, so... <laughs> uh, no, it's good you gotta understand. Give me you can give me a common knowledge check as well. Uh alright. Torlin takes his licking. That's a four. I mean you're 
in some capacity, you're probably rather bored being up there, dealing with the weather, kind of the sun and, and, the, and the very chill wind. But you do notice the course correction that the ship is making towards evening time. That definitely is taking, taking you away from the direction you would assume would take you to Point Carez, Port Carez. Sure. Well, I mean, I don't imagine he's going to have anything to say to me, but I'll, I'll ask him. Are we headed towards uh, Tidewater Rock? Isn't that often off to the west of Krez? I told you to shut your mouth. <clears throat> I thought we were just having a little bit of fun here. Well, we can have some fun. And he comes back up to you again and gives you another punch. You hit, you hit less hard than some of those griffin sailors, I say. Maybe they should be up here on the quarter deck instead of you. Oh, you're you're, you're going for it. give me a give me a vigor check. All right, that's a six. Six. You successfully avoid taking on the level of fatigue from bumps and bruises, as he is he he does spend some time beating you, mostly to your gut, right? Yeah. He does kind cool. of restrain himself from leaving distinguishing marks, I should say. That's kind of weird. So with back to the rest of you. Well, actually, before we do that, let's take a break for the evening. After your meeting with Unao, what's the rest of you? Is there is there anything more you're looking to do? Well, I mean, uh, Kind of after after Russ and I both look really pointedly at Truco, uh, after after we now leaves, I I would definitely say to Truco, come come with me to Fish Guts, get some food and water for Torlin. Will you bring it to him? Yeah, sure. I was thinking that that this day, but it's quite difficult to reach him. All right. So yeah, that's narratively speaking, just want to like uh, go get some go get a snack from Fish Guts and let Truco do his little shifter Truco thing. Dana, I gotta, I gotta turn in early. I was the only one down there in the bilges. Yeah, no, that, of, of course, of course. Take care of yourself. Yeah, you too. Good luck. So, in the spreadsheet that I had, or the spreadsheet I gave you about the whole crew, I created a new tab that's the crew, the Majestic Griffin. Mm-hmm. Oh uh, no, Nesto! <laughs> what? I just saw what you put up in the chat. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I would do that. <laughs> These are the oh. kind of ideas I'm looking for. Go for the eyes, boo! <laughs> Private chat between players, Philip. Nothing to worry about. <laughs> I figured as much. I figured yeah. as much. Something for oh, Salty for to worry eyes. about, maybe. <laughs> so, in case everybody has it again, there, there's the spreadsheet. I mean, you can see what your guys' take is on who's friendly and who's not on the ship. It's certainly pretty clear to y'all. Generally consider Conic Bar a friend, Fish Guts a friend, Crimson Cog a friend, Sandara a friend, Albert as a friend. You got Unalo on your side, Rosie as a friend. Right. Torlan? But you have a nose roll, you know, Tilly's kind of, she's a bit neutral. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm unable to pull up the spreadsheet right now. What's Scrimshaw's status? Scrimshaw's not, uh... Roll. Neutral. But she also was a lookout for Torlan. Uh, both so. Torlin and I have have worked influence with her, and yeah, she did do Torlin a huge favor. Yeah, but that's also generally remember that the influence 
all in a lot of ways dependent upon where they were starting at and kind of where they ended up. So actually, I, I meant that reversed. I get Tilly and Scrimshaw confused. Scrimshaw is kind of like, at the very least, kind of neutral to you all. Even though she kind of did a favor for Torlin, she hasn't been at least outwardly and obviously friendly, super friendly to you guys. So she's kind of like, uh, you'd say status. She, at best, she's kind of like neutral, you would say, right? It's Tilly that's, she's not, she hasn't been as hostile as like Man, Manheim or a Slippery Sill or something like that, but she's definitely been unfriendly and uncooperative towards y'all. Right. So here's a slightly different question. For the people who I'm like, yeah, maybe they're, maybe they like us, maybe they don't. I don't care about that as much as I care about how much they do or don't like Lagrin Scourge. Well, at least with Scrimshaw, she didn't tell on Torlin. No, she did not. <clears throat> all right, all right. That, uh, that gives me an idea where I want to go tonight. As you curly, and, and where is that? As you quickly curly eat some food? I mean, do you want me to tell you, to tell you or just them? If there's anything I need to know as a DM as far as where the things are going to go, then yeah, you want to you want to include me and tell me, yes. Uh, but if if nothing's no, going to yeah, no, like so if if we're saying that the the rest of uh, the session might encompass perhaps one maybe two calendar days, I want to call out Logren and mutiny the hell out of this by the end of the evening. Kevin looks very <laughs> not okay with this. Yeah, no. <laughs> this is an awful idea. <laughs> maybe just give getting it a, pooped on. Maybe give it a couple of days, but I mean, that would be my choice, but that's all right. Let's do this. Fuck it. We're in. Let's be bold. <clears throat> let's I, be bold. <laughs> Kevin, I need you to tell me how not okay you are with this. I, I, well, I mean, we don't know any who the any of these other crew members are. We haven't let like any of any. We haven't let a single day go by where they've lived without rations, grog rations. You know, I don't think the numbers look very good in our favor. It's six of us, maybe. Oh no, the numbers here. If you included the new Griffin members as part of Master Scourge, the ship's about half divided. I call that good odds. Okay, let's assume that we win. Not everyone on our side is going to make it at half odds. We're already undercrewed. Who is sailing this ship that we have just taken over? Are you saying this as Russ? <laughs> as both? I'm kind of assuming that this conversation. We are is having this conversation. Where... Yeah. Let's, okay. Okay. Let's, okay. Let's, let's do this. Is of, after it, this is after you now is as left. The, char- the characters need to talk about it as much as the players. That's yeah. True. So far, this seems perfectly reasonable conversation to have as characters. The way I see it is, yeah, we'll probably lose a few of our friends in the process, and yeah, we'll be, we'll be real short-handed. But when it comes right down to it, just the basic sailing, none of that make-work crap we've been doing for the last month. We don't need as many people as we've got. Yeah, we and do. Not- we we need somebody pumping the bilges. We need people you know, mending the sails. We don't have an artificer. We don't have, I'm a maid, sure, but I don't make the winds blow. That ain't the kind of magic I'm good at. I'm good at killing people. That's that's what I do. And- Ships killing... don't need a mage to make the winds blow to get places. No, and but an, an artificer would be real nice. 
it would be real nice, buddy. <laughs> no matter when, no matter when we take the ship, we still won't have one unless. And I think this is a pretty decent unless. All those other folks, Patchy, Chalky, the rest of them, they're opportunists. I, I think so. when I think when push comes to shove, if the choice is die or join us at least till we make port, I'd bank on them choosing not to die. And if they decide to mutiny then against us? It's or it's gonna be a risk no matter. You think we're gonna get <laughs> you think we're gonna get crines and salty? Not crines, not salty. Aretta, I'm not sure where she stands. Moira, there's this Moira that's the quartermaster. I'm not sure where she stands. I mean, if we treat them better yeah. than before... Anahu did give options. you a sense of where Moira stands. And it's with Scourge yeah. currently, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So, also, I, may, I have to add, in this situation, we have the advantage, the advantage of surprise. And maybe if we take out the head of the our enemies before they engage with us, maybe we can, I don't know, just persuade with more cards in our hands. I don't know, maybe just sneaking into Lager's order and, you know, just... If you can do that, my friend, I'll do what I can to help you. As far as Moira goes, yeah, she's with Scourge now, and the reason for that is because she's one of those opportunists. Hmm. I feel good. I like well, the recklessness, I would say. But also... Look, look, what, this is... Let's sit Dana. on it for a couple of days. Let's Dana. see... Hmm? Give me a battle roll. You want me to give you a battle roll? Yeah. All right. Well, well, that's. But I'll just finish my thought real quick here. Uh, Tactician's mind kicking in. Let's sit on it for a couple of days. Let's see how bad things get in the meantime. I'm gonna Benny that five. Wait, do I have any bonuses to to a battle roll right now? Don't believe so. I don't think there's anything under combat. No, that's just for casts. Yeah, that's just for command. I got command, right? That's another five, and I'm gonna Benny it. Adds a three, and I'm spending one more Benny because the you know the numbers only keep going down, so that's a good sign, right? Yeah, it's always a good sign. Apparently, I'm supposed to have a five on my battle roll tonight. We're holding there. Okay, I'm having you roll this because I know you as a player. Combat's not your forte, thereby I extrapolate battle and tactics is probably not necessarily your forte, but that's not true for Dana, yeah. right? She's got experience in battle and combat. So you taking the experience to think tactically and stuff like that is helpful. And you didn't get a raise, but what I'll give you with this is, so especially especially when Truco mentions that you guys may have the element of surprise, kind of strikes up in your mind a little bit, giving you the idea of, so right now the odds, I would you would probably think slightly less than even because Torlin is chained to the mizzen mast, right? If you get Torlin off of the mizzen mast, kind of evens the odds, right? The thing I'm going to tip the odds in your favor, regardless of the disposition of anybody, could be striking at night. All right. So I'll I'll relay to Truco, you're onto something here. When yep. you know when I was when I was on the front, we used to we used to do some patrols at night where we would get across to the Carnass side and well cause as much trouble as we could between the, the third and fourth bell. It, it's something it that worked. I like. Yeah. It worked. And if we can, if you can do your thing, and I can get some folks doing my thing more up top, 
This might not be so bad. I'm not oh, saying. I, I mean, I'm not saying tonight. I'm not. No, saying I, I know, I know. But I, I have to say, I can do many things. But one of them also might be to maybe sneak near Torlan and set him free preemptively. When to this situation? Use the night as a, a gauging tool to see how easy it is. Get him some food. Do what you can. See if it, if it's even feasible. If you can't get up there without somebody spotting you, if they've got eyes on him all day and night, it's gonna change how we approach this thing because we need Torlin in this fight. We will. That is true. To, and we also, need to free him as soon as we start this fight. Otherwise, he'll be the first one dead. Exactly. True. 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 We do have uh, a way of being extra stealthy now that I remember. What do you mean? I look up to Russ. Do, don't the you... potion. Yeah. Potion. That may come in handy. I don't know for which situation, but given what we are talking about, it certainly will at some point. Do, do any of us have a sense of how long the potion's effects last? I believe it says in the potion. Take a look-see. But it is a one-time use. All I... Look, like I said... I'm going to say as an aside, that is one of the biggest brain explosions I've had watching Witcher. My entire D&D career, I have always thought of potions as these, you know, big yeah, they, jars they, they, full they, of stuff. Yeah. And it wasn't until I seen the Witcher that I'm just like, oh, magical potions are just a little... <laughs> the potion of invisibility no duplicates... You can hold a bunch of potions because they're just little shots. I've always been yeah. like... Man, how, holding all these potions at a huge size doesn't make sense. Doesn't make yeah, sense because like it doesn't the, make sense. No, right now, it's not your like, uh, bladder yeah. either. Yeah. yeah like yeah. I like I said, this isn't happening tonight because, for one thing, we haven't told anyone except you now. We need to tell them. But it's... look, we. I know the odds aren't tipped as far as they could be, but I also know that. In this weather, in this cold, Torlin doesn't have more than a couple of days chained up there, whether we get him food or not. All right, man. I will. He's stripped down. He's stripped down to his underwear. He's he's going to be dead of exposure if if we just sit here and wait. Yeah, I will test the waters tonight in terms of how much can I sneak in next to Torlin. Visibility spell lasts maybe uh, duration five is what thirty seconds. Thirty seconds. Yeah. Yeah, so it'll last me about half a minute. All right. Uh, I guess we don't use it now. We use it when the time is right. Yeah. Yeah. I was. Yeah. And, yeah. and also, you you talked about speaking to now pretty early in the evening, right? So you still have a few hours before anybody even goes to sleep. All right. Oh. All right. So in in that case, we can maybe start to speak with some friends of ours to. Uh, That's just it. I would say divide and conquer on on talking to folks. Man. Is everyone on the spreadsheet the people who are currently on board? If you're looking at the Majestic Griffin tab. Yes. At the Majestic Griffin tab. No, that's the Stormweaver tab. Where's the Majestic Griffin tab? Bottom. I think. Usual interface. Now I'm just clicking buttons. Uh, bottom bottom okay. left side. Alright, let's get this here. The tab is... Wow, I'm completely not seeing it. Oh, yep, there we go. Crew of the Majestic Griffin. Okay. And actually, um, another way to quick do it too. I'm just changing permissions on some of the actors as well. So if you look underneath the actors tabs, there's a 
think you have the Mourners of Lazar Bestiary, Majestic Griffin. Did I accidentally close out of out of Foundry? I think I did. Oh, I got completely kicked out of the forge. The forge doesn't like it when I when I get uppity and and bold. All right. Okay. All right. I'll talk to I'll talk to Fish Guts, Conic Bar, Giffer's not here, so not Giffer, and the folks Torlden's made friends with. So that that's Sindara, uh, not Sindara, Rosie and Tamroth. I'll I'll talk to them for. That's- that's most. That's most everybody right there. Oh, that is most everybody. Okay. Uh, never mind then. Oh yeah. I'll uh... like Russ to go talk to Aretta. To go go sweet Dover uh, and Aretta's currently Maybe. working for Scourge, is she not? Aretta has been. She hasn't been outright as hostile to you as like Scourge or Slippery Sill. She has definitely been unfriendly to you guys. <laughs> the, you know, there was. You made some inroads with her, Russ. But also, you've never really gotten a sense of her being friendly to you at all. You can still talk to her, but I'm not kind of giving you that because there would be, you know, a lot of off-camera interaction, so to speak. I'm with that. Russ, why don't you why don't you talk to Sundara and Tilly? Tilly was in that drinking contest with you the other day. She, she's a. Tilly. <clears throat> so, if you look in the actors in Foundry, <clears throat> right under Mourners of Lazar, Bestiary, and Just Griffin, there's friendly crew. Oh, okay. Uh, Mourners of Lazar crew? No. You should see a Mourners of Lazar bestiary now. Do y'all do y'all see it? Do yeah. In the journal? In the actors tab. In the actors tab. Okay. The ones that you know are friendly: Sconic Bar, Crimson Cog, Fish Guts, Albert, Rosie, Sandara, and Unal. All right. There are only a couple on the ship that you would consider out considered basically neutral. Everybody else is definitely at least unfriendly, if not outright hate you guys. All right. Said. I'll talk to Fish Guts and Conic Bar. Uh, Truco, you go see if you can help Albear understand what's about to happen. Why don't you right. go talk to why don't you go talk to Crimson Cog as well? Crimson Cog? I haven't talked that much with him, but He hasn't talked that much to anybody. But... Alright. Uh, sure. You you guys have definitely caught him talking to Torlin. He's been. Oh right, Torlin he was. Seemed to have won him he's over. Really enjoyed his... Torlin's songs. Yeah. All right, good to know. Russ, Ellie, so, Quinn, yeah. and Rosie. Do as soon as I can. Um, who who goes to Sandara again? I will. I'll go talk to okay. her. Okay, I'll, I'll break it to her. <laughs> right. So, what are you breaking to her exactly? We're planning a mutiny. At some indeterminate time in the future, probably in the next one or two days, we're going to be trying to free Torlin, and that'll probably be what kicks the whole thing off. Our goals are to eliminate the command staff. That's going to be at least Legras and Scourge. Anybody who sides with them has got to go or surrender. But Is that about to sum it up there, Dana? I think you actually just muted yourself. I did. Yes, that sums it up. So it sounds like from what you said, freeing Torlin is kind of like the keystone. That's going to be the keystone because we, I, I don't see that we can leave him tied up at all once after the fighting's begun. I guess the other detail would be that it's it's going to be a nighttime affair. It's we'll, going to be a nighttime we'll, affair, yeah. So what we'll probably wind up doing is we'll probably wake them up on the night that it's all going down. Yep. Maybe we'll tell uh, them like on the, the evening of, like, go get some rest. Yeah, tell you, them. 
to be ready. Like you look uh, tired. Go to. You might want to go to sleep early. Exactly. Historically speaking, and I think this still happens presently in real life, 4 to 5 a.m. is considered the the time if you are going to go attack people at night. It bothers me that you know that. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, interesting piece of I, I, information. I just like history, guys. I just <laughs> like right. history. Now, now I'm glad that Benny for a very disturbing piece of mm. historical information. And, and well, now I'm here, glad that I'm air on the other side of the world. Information. <laughs> Have you guys never read a book about World War II? Come on, man. Anyways. All right. So we'll kind of let those, unless you guys want to do anything in particular, kind of let those interactions happen off screen. All right. I'm probably going to say, except for Truco, because who who knows yeah. what he's going to do with Albert? I, I, no, so. I was thinking like a quick, like he going through scenes in which like he tries to explain it one time, he explains it another time. He tries to like, he brings like, he brings like a, a whiteboard, uh, um, a fantasy whiteboard, and start explaining things like to him. Chalk yeah, on yeah, it. just like a lot of and, and this run. and this is what we do, and and he's just like not getting it, but just saying all there all the time. That's also, that's how I imagine it. Also, I'd assume within that there. I don't know if you need to if you're gonna have to make a roll for this, but to to tell Torlin what's going on. <laughs> Oh yeah, I haven't rolled anything yet to get to Tolan and to give him to give him food or to at least assess whatever I can do that or not uh, during the night. Torlin knows um, what's going on. <laughs> yeah, I think the main question for Albert and probably your previous interaction: Did you want to unchain unlock? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah Suddenly, just, like you did last time. I'm only uh, bringing this up because you already did it once. Where? Yeah. I, I did that one time. I, he's already. He's also changed, right? As, as yeah. With the other ship. So yeah, I will do that too. So give me a give me a thievery roll then for that. All right. Thievery so roll. Thievery throw. Sorry. Six. Ah uh, yeah. Uh, no no. Why not? I, it's I amazing to me that you all seem I'm always I, so I suspicious have... every time I say that. When I say I... it all of the time. <laughs> yeah yeah. I mean I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that's an eight. I have many many. So a lot of many. Okay. That's an eight, uh, and I will keep. An eight with a raise, yeah. I mean, you remember, like I said, it was a very, very simple lock. It was very complex. You're able to kind of do it in uh, such a way that, you know, as long as Albert doesn't screw this up, nobody's going to be able to tell that he's un, he's unchained. All right. And so, when in the night are you planning on going up to Torland? Are you going up, trying to go before you get to sleep, or are you going to wait till sometime in the middle of the night? If I do the second one, I probably will have to not sleep that much, I would guess. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna affect your sleeping at night a little bit, right. and so there's the potential of there's also fewer could be fewer people about. So it's your choice. Right, right, right. I will risk it and do it uh, before going to sleep. Okay, so give me a stealth check. All right. And an athletics check. All right, that is somewhat of a nine for a stealth check. And then athletics, you say? Yeah. Okay. And is, are you shifting to climb across the ship? Oh, definitely. Okay. Oh, so that, that would be with the plus. That would be with the plus two. So that's a seven. Okay. Okay. Gosh, I'm trying to think if the gunnery hatches would be big enough for you to cl- crawl out of. I would go out from those. Yeah. Why not just a porthole? That's what I mean. Yeah, this probably are, I mean, are a bit wide. He's a bit feline. I mean. Like you know how feelings like can get into anything. So you you climb out with a little sack of goods and are just climbing out along the side of the ship while sailing south. It's very chilly outside. 
and you get up and you crawl up onto the deck, onto the poop deck, climb up over where Torlin is. He, he's he's alone up on the poop deck. There's definitely you see Salty down on the quarter deck. All right. Hey, hey. Torlin is is asleep, standing up. I'm assuming <laughs> this is nighttime. All right. Torlin, Torlin. I throw him a piece of food at his uh, face. <laughs> Are you saying you don't go up next to him? I mean, if I can. Oh, sorry. I, yeah. I didn't. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, that's, so what I I, that's what I assumed, at least. Okay, okay. <laughs> Don't I like the idea just... that it just, like, bounces off me and I can't reach down. I have to, like, <laughs> use my feet or something. <laughs> no, but, I mean, he wakes up. He's he's not a fellow with the poor uh, sleeping hindrance. Hey. I just, shh, just, and I, and I show him the. Drugo, you what made they it. Have. Yeah, yeah. I'm, and I'm going from from the hole here. Hopefully, no one saw me. But it's. Are, are you okay? It's, it's... Oh, I've uh, just been keeping my spirits up. All right. So I will. Uh, I mean, Dana told me to give you things things here, but I don't know if you can. Do I have to give you food to your mouth? I don't, I don't really want You're, to do that. You are uh, definitely going to have to feed him <laughs> if he's going to eat it all. Oh, fine. Okay. Sorry, dwarf. I, I know that this might be a, a bit like against your pride and all the stuff, but... I would think nothing of it. Right. So I will go through that scene. And then if I had... If we have time after that, I don't know if that's possible. It's... What? T- yeah. I mean, it's up for you to how long you stay up here. Are you just up here to to give me food, or, or is are things kicking off? What's what's I would, happening? I would is keep Dana an eye, made I would the keep call an eye to the the other side of the ship to see if someone is coming. But in the meantime, we say yes, yes, we are, we are planning a mutiny, and and you will be a great part of it. We need to get you out of here first, but we don't need to raise any suspicions. Have you seen your luck? Is is can I maybe try it to see if I would just inspect it and see if if it's I, it's around the would, other side of the mast. They chained me, and I think it's on the yeah. other side there. He's basically chained, so his back is against the mast, oh. and his arms are kind of behind him, and then the sh- the shackles connect his hands around the mast. Okay, okay. So I will go see that if you can. Uh, Keep an eye on, or if someone is coming. Oh, uh, wait, hold on. The Druko, those, those, those other swabs that we fought yesterday, uh, or two days ago now. If looking up at the moons after midnight, did no, anyone get a chance to talk to them? Before midnight, because he came to you before everybody went to sleep. Oh, okay. Yes. Not that it matters too much, but yeah. Did any of you get yeah. a chance to talk to those other those other swap? We got to, an opportunity to talk to one of them, but the other ones doesn't seem so friendly or so agreeable. I mean, at least that was he said. But we have to. We will have to work on it. So far, we are in. I mean, with you on our side, we are maybe quite capable of doing this. Well, I mean, I can't imagine why. I mean, right over there is where I smashed one of their heads into the gunwale, and right over here is where they punched his arm. They, <laughs> one of their crossbow bolts almost hit me. But I, the reason I bring it up is that maybe maybe they can. some of them could be allies. I've, I spotted two of them yesterday during roll call. 
Lyra and while he's telling this, I'm checking the lock on his on the other side of the mast. And HR. And I don't know. I mean it's they're not dwarves, so I don't know if they, they really understand what it means to fight a dwarf, but if they did, they'd know that there'd be a good deal of respect between us now and and after seeing you fight. Maybe this, they'd appreciate that that I had the opportunity to kill them and I didn't. I don't know. The point is, don't spend too much time up here, but if you can find a talk, way to talk to them, you should. I'm trying to do that. Yes. Yeah. Real quick, by check by me by checking out the lock, do you mean you are you just looking at it or are you full on trying to pick it? I I want to inspect it and see how easy it might be to to pick it. I don't want to do it now. Oh, we'll make that a thievery roll anyways. So yeah, go ahead and make a thievery roll. Alright. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh that's trying a to figure four, out if it would be a notice roll or a thievery roll. I will Benny that's better. That's a nine. So you're checking this out while he's talking. This is a really well-made lock. You definitely believe it's possible that you can pick it, but it's going to be very challenging and probably take some time too. It's not going to go All quick. Right. All right. That's that's helpful. Helpful. Right, Toron. I, I have to go. I can. I probably can't stay in that much time. But that you know you're okay. Hopefully this. Are you? Are you cold or something? I, I can't bring anything to you, so I, I don't know why I'm asking. But good luck. And, and I will just go. <laughs> uh, and I'm and, and just unless Torlan is saying something to. No, I mean you probably hear him muttering under his breath as you jump All over right. the rail, but it's yeah, yeah. He's keeping his voice down, so. Okay. But there's probably uh, a bit of frustration with it. Both Torlan and Chuko Benny's for that. Uh, give me another stealth check and another athletics check. Right, a lot of. Uh, I, w- I would say you spent enough time with Torlin that the athletics check does not have the bonus anymore for shifting. All right. That's a 10 for the stealth. And the athletics, it is a 11. Man, don't, don't I don't know, man. Don't any pennies. I'm just, I don't know. This trooper has been really, really lucky so far. He probably will bite me in the ass at, at some point, but so far, so good. Okay. You make you make it back, uh, seemingly undetected, as far as you can tell. All right. And then you all going to sleep? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So uh, the ninth of Alderun comes. Morning time comes. You are all assigned the sh- same crappy jobs. Russ, you can remove your level of fatigue. And is there anything you all are planning or hoping for during the day? Not particularly. No, not on rest is in. Actually, Torland, give me a uh, vigor check. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll give that vigor check, and it's 22. Oh. <laughs> Seven bennies. Well then. Heroes, vigor check, 22. That's what I just gave my advancement to. So, Good yeah, I, I mean, it's... It's cold out in the evening, but you sleep through it. I mean, you wake up a little, you wake up stiff and, and everything, but I mean, you, you've been in worse. I've been in worse. It's too bad that old salty fellow couldn't tuck me in. Anybody, uh, so you're all essentially just working diligently for today. So <clears throat> I either need, from Russ, I need an athletics check, minus one, then a vigor check 
from Truco. I need a boating check. Actually, Russ, your check is a straight roll. Truco's boating check plus one, and Dana is an athletics roll plus one. Well, actually, sorry, Truco and Dana's rolls are straight rolls. Okay. Sorry. Got a five on the athletics, which I'll keep. I got a three on vigor, which I spent a penny on to get a five. Truco spent like three, four bennies and got a seven. Dana spent zero bennies and got a 16. <clears throat> okay, clearly Dana's like excited and ready, right? She, so you got your head down, you're working hard. Don't even seem to be affected by how hard you're working. You're just thinking forward to tonight. Truco, you have the ire of Master Scourge again, even though you complete the work. He claims that you were lazy in your work today, and you he does give you the cat at Bloody Hour. All right. Uh, uh, Truco, knowing what's uh, about to happen, and he feeling confident about it, obviously, uh, he's going to just give him this, like, smile and grin, like, looking at Scourge every time he, he, he shouts at him. Okay. Give me a bigger roll, minus two. All right. That's a two, which I will Benny. And that's a five minus two, you're saying, right? Yeah. So that would be a three. So, nope. Okay. <clears throat> so you kind of give him the smirk and the smile, with, and he gives you the first lash. And you have typically been hit with the whip, right? I think this might be the first time you've been hit with the cat. And, yeah, and it is a entirely different experience. And whether he is laying into you, well, no, yeah, clearly he gets you with the first strike. But then after he saw your grin and stuff like that, you can tell the strikes after that were even harder. Uh, and you were unprepared for it and take on a level of fatigue. All right, makes sense. And Russ survived his bilges work. Evening time comes. Are you? Are there any plans for the evening? I'm just assuming now, since I heard that the best time to attack people is at 4 or 5 a.m., but that's kind of like I know a lot of people who have served, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, I'm assuming that all the conversations we we declared wanting to happen happened the previous night, yeah? That was the implication? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I guess for Dana's part, I'll just kind of make a quick pass around people to try to gauge the crew's, well, our crew's readiness, mental state, that kind of stuff. Give me a notice check. What do we get? That's another ace on the trait die, four and 11. For the most part, y'all have been rolling really well tonight. Yeah. <clears throat> Bad things really didn't start tonight, huh? <laughs> Yeah. Next week's probably going to be the opposite. Yeah. Um, right. So, 11 for the nose roll. You can get a sense of anticipation. Torlin, give me a vigor check minus one. It's good with a minus one. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll succumb. That's a six. I have to do better than that. So does that mean you're re-rolling or are you keeping it? No, no. I mean, like, you'll have to do better than that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, you're just... Um, Torlin says uh, to the wind. <laughs> so yeah, you're... It was very helpful that Truco came with you from with food the previous evening, right? So you're... Even though your mouth is definitely starting to get very dry and parched, 
Although you were given, you weren't given food by Slippery Sill. You were given a little bit of water by her around dinner time. Although in all fairness, she really kind of like poured half the water down your front and only half of it in your mouth, right? You can tell she was taunting you a little bit. Scar just wants to keep me alive, huh? <clears throat> so you're definitely yeah, I... uncomfortable, we should say, but yeah, you've been, I mean, you spent your whole life in the last one. A hundred so years. Been... <laughs> oh, so you've that's how some... old he is. Okay. You've been in some worse circumstances. How old he is? You'd have to talk to the uh, the family civis scribe to figure that one out. <laughs> so, amongst the three of you, since you're going to be the ones kicking off, per se, in the early hours of the morning, what is this going to look like? So, you know, the, the night before, kind of having, having gauged the crew's readiness, you know, I'll go around, tap, every, you know, kind of tap everyone, tell them to get a good night's rest tonight. I'll go up to Russ and tell him if I don't make it, he's gotta get the others to shore. And then, so true. And, and again, I will allow as a player, if you want like help tactically, think of the things tactically to do, you can make battle rolls to potentially get some suggestions. Yeah, like I, I've got some, I've got some ideas for him, but I will make a battle roll because I can, because I'm actually trained in it. <laughs> It's my thing. That's a two, and I'm going to Benny that. I'm not learning anything from a two. It's a five, and I'm still going to Benny that one last time. Fish for a raise here. That is a five, which I'm sticking with. Actually, no, okay. one more Benny. One more Benny. <laughs> the end of the evening? Let's see where. All right. It really wants me to have a five in battle, so that's what we're doing. You have one and that's many. the exact same thing that happened last time. You couldn't roll higher than a five either. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So I would say then what your battle experience gives you a sense on is getting Torlin rescued first is very important, especially kind of key things off. And I'd say, you know, especially you got the right sense in, in the middle of the night. Gorilla tactics here might work pretty effective. Yeah. All right. So if... You know, so Truco, you know, I'd I'd say your job would be to get Torlin get Torlin free. If you can if you can cut through that chain, just slice right through that chain. We don't need to be quiet about it. The I would two, prefer to be quiet. What's that? Well, no, I mean I would prefer to be quiet and well, and also uh, I mean, if, if you can do it quiet, do it quiet. But right. if you can't be quiet, just cut that chain and just afterwards. Slice right through. Uh, I, I, I mean, right where Torlan is, down that place is the captain's quarters. I might, after picking the picking the chain or the lock of Torlan, I might climb down there and see if I can go towards Lagra before anyone notices. If you can go slow down, go down there even better. Bring a weapon for him, even if it's just a knife. Bring him something. Oh yes, see that that's for sure. Then there's going to be someone on the wheel, so there's going to be someone on the wheel and someone on watch. I need two quiet people to get the person on the wheel and the person on watch, and the rest of us to take the crew quarters, I guess. Unless unless there's something I'm missing here. Now, I guess some things you would know, right? So the deck below you guys, what you've seen in the map, below the main deck is 
essentially the weapons deck, which is where all the swabs and the riggers sleep. Yep. In the very bottom, the on the back side of the ship, is a bunch of officers' quarters. Okay. That all the officers have claimed. Right. Except, of course, Mr. Lagra is in the captain's quarters, which is right underneath Torlin. Yeah. Just as Trico said. So, as far as, like, crew, crew quarters goes, basic crew, you all are waking up within the crew quarters. Right. Right. So, potentially, if we want to take the officers first, we should stagger everyone waking up so that there's not this, like, noisy mass exodus from from the gun deck. Sounds good. Ross is here in this situation, too, I guess. We are talking to mm-hmm. together. Yeah. Might you... I mean, since it's, since it's not Ellie's strong suit, necessarily... Even though she is being the leader, if you guys want to bring in suggestions, it's not inappropriate. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I was not sure to... if that's where your hesitancy is coming from or not. No, no, no. I was to to Ross. I will say, are you thinking on using that invisibility potion? Because you know, given given the situation we are in, I might it well, might help me. But you were able to to sneak around from the outside and, and get him some food. I might be able to make some noise draw oh. people away that might be useful as well because i can make a lot of noise and then poof turn invisible that could draw people away from either torlin it could draw them out of the captain's quarters i could draw them into the bilges or to uh, the front of the ship i'm guessing if we are going for the surprise give me more noise maybe use that energy and power of yours to something more deadly I mean, I could always kick in the door and thunder wave the entire officer's quarters, but I don't know who's going to live through that. If anybody does, then I sure ain't. Well, there's... Right. That and I might blow a hole in the side of the ship, and I don't think that's what we're really going for, especially if officer's quarters is below the waterline. Might not be uh, useful. Well, d- distractions are always useful, and if we can lock a lot of folks in the bilges... Now, there is an idea. Have... Oh, that is true. If we can get him in there, if... And if you or, or Russ can do anything to make that, make sure that lock stays put. If we can get your friend Truco in to, to guard the door like he was doing on the Storm Reaver. Do we have a good lock? So there We are... do have a good lock, actually, because when I really desperately needed something from the galley on the Storm Reaver, I didn't find it. What I did find was, and I quote, an incredibly high quality lock with a key. Yes, so, I am calling in my inventory, my random inventory crap. Right, but that's not going to help because <laughs> there's three hatches down to the bilges. Ah, okay. And and Russ spending the last two days down there would know this. On the you go down towards from towards the bow of the ship. There are two ladders down, two hatches down, one on the port side, one on the starboard side. There is also a ladder towards the very rear of the bilges that clearly go up into the officers' quarters. Maybe we can lock some of the officers. What are the entrance and exits from the from the gun deck like? From the crew quarters? At least two onto the main deck. Either that or either that or doesn't look like there's like a central staircase. The on, so there is a central staircase, okay. Yeah. You know, if we can if we can do anything that would either lock oh, the officers down. Sorry. If we can either, if we can do oh. anything that would either lock the officers down and buy us that time, or you know, not trying to be gross here, but this is a fight. 
if we can lock them in and eliminate them a bit easier by virtue of all the random explosives Struco is carrying without damaging the ship too much, that's an option. Ah, uh, yeah, about that. I, I, I mean, I have one potion, potion, but I did waste it in in a battle, and I do have some something to bring some fire, but I wouldn't say explosions. Sorry. Um, but, yeah, uh, I shouldn't do that then. DM, you said there is a exit into the bilges through the officers' quarters. So there's two uh, two ways sure. into the officers' quarters. Yeah, there's a ladder from the bilges up into the officers' quarters, and there's the door that Albert guards. We could just lock that door. If nothing else, it'll buy us some time. We could just lock that door and have Albert make sure no one else gets out the other one. Yeah. That'll buy us time to deal with the swabs that need dealing with. There's there's three entrances to the bilges. So let's assume that the door to the officer's quarters into the main deck is locked. Yeah. They're going to go into the bilges. Owlbear can block one. There's still one left. Oh, I thought, I thought you were meaning to lock the officer's quarters. Meaning to lock the officer's quarters. But that'll buy us some time. It's not going to completely lock them off. That's impossible. Yeah. yeah. Um... I also have to say, I have this sword with me. <laughs> I know that this is out of nowhere, but I have this <laughs> this thing that the captain, uh, Rockface, gave to me. I don't have much use for it, if I'm honest. Good. Give it when when you go free Torl and get, make sure he has it. Like I said, he'll need a weapon. All right. Oh, yeah. Good Great. idea. Uh, right now, I think that's the best plan, is we lock the, the officer's quarters, make him go through the bilge. If nothing else, that'll buy us some time. If nothing else, we don't even... You know what that, that'll get us? If we force him through to go back up one way, that gets us a ball neck to get him as they come up. I guess if we need all all of us to be yeah. on the deck when that happens, right? Well, we I say we leave, we leave a few of our friends down on the gun deck in the crew quarters to deal with any swabs you're dealing with and we take and we make that bottleneck and we take care of it for the officers okay that is the best plan ellie ellie can think of right no yeah yeah i just i just i mean have you gonna let albert there uh, just alone there like just holding one door or um, or it's it's be down there with albert do you need how many people do you need to actually take the quarter deck and take out Legrand scourge Trico, I know you want that fight. I know, I do. I, I mean, I do want to get them also, by surprise and try to check. Though Scourge is not going to be in the captain's quarters. Scourge is going to be no, with the, the officers, officers, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. No, I want to take care of Lagra first. Yeah, but we need we need you. We need Truco free and Torlin, unless Russ can blast those those chains off him. But you wouldn't by chance have gotten to any notice that they're magical, would you, Truco? I did notice that they are really good, really good. It's a really good luck. That I, I, I will be. I know that I can do it, certainly, but it will be quite a challenge. Yeah, Truco, you're going to have to make a decision here because you're not going to be able to be in three places at once. Now, the way I see it, best chance for you to quietly free Torlin is to have a distraction ready to go if we need one, and that means me or Russ making it. If you want to get mm. Torlin first and then go down and deal with Lagra, that's going to be your job. And I can't promise you that you're going to get Scourge left because we can't make those kinds of promises 
because you can't be in three places at once. I'm sorry, Truco. Oh, I, I will make sure. I, I don't know. For the time being, I will postpone the idea of getting Scourge. But I think of this first. For example, there, is, there will be at 4 or 5 am, you say, there will be people sleeping and there will probably be, what, two people up in the deck? There Something will be like someone that? on watch and there will be someone, someone on, on watch. Deck. Okay, but they will be distancing from each other, so we can take them out one by one and not be notices. And and then we can free Torlan. We can, if we can get them first before you get Torlan, yeah. I mean, it's something I'll... we can do. I mean, unless everything goes to shit, which is also possible, but if we can try that first, that might be helpful. Uh, try to it take them out, take them both individually, and then trying to get Torlan. And then, if things play out well, we can maybe try to be uh, a surprise, make a good surprise attack against everyone else. I've right. seen what you can do without getting noticed. Let's hold on to the lock then. Instead of instead of being preemptive, that's only another place the plan can fail. Let's take out the watch, take out anybody on the deck, free Torlin, move from there. Yes. Try and take the captain's cabin. Yep. Yeah, and, and, and a backup plan for that will be what we just said. Uh, sure. Just Locking, locking doors and trying to get that bottleneck going on. I like it. Simple. Good. So, let me let me see what I've gathered. See if I got this right. So, Truco's going by himself to go free Torlin, and then Torlin and Truco are taking out the pilot and the watch. Probably in the other order. 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 We we're going to yeah, take gonna, out the guys gonna on take the way. Out the pilot and the watch first. Yes, and then try and, and free Torlin. If Truco wants help with that, I will. I will come help him with that. Truco's going to be leading that. He'll be the first one onto the so deck. Truco taking out the watch and the pilot, then freeing Torlin? Yes. Yes. With help. The rest of you yep. are waking Initially. up, taking out the swabs, sleeping in the hammocks on the weapons deck first? Yes. At least that'll be what Russell do. Well, or is somebody going down at the same time that the swabs are taken care of and locking the door to the officers first? I think we're... we're we're waving off the the locking the door to officers' quarters or officers. Uh, Can you see yourself on the weapons deck at this point on the map? Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. So there's this whole area that's open to the cargo hold, and the door yep. beneath the cargo hold is like right here. Uh huh. Right. So if somebody wants to get up right away and go down and lock the door while the swabs are getting taken care of, that is a very quick and easy thing to do. Okay. Then okay. I think that's I think Russ can take care of that. If Dana wants to get started on on knocking out swabs or securing swabs, but I think that's also going to be the job for our NPCs. For, yeah, that's why I wanted to clear up. I'm Ernesto. Do you want me to come to the main deck with you or not? Or no? Or do you want uh, to? Take I I would say the worst uh, going off as player here. Uh, maybe the best thing would be like someone being able to watch what is happening on the deck. Uh -huh. So in order that if shit goes that like south we can act quickly that i will be that that will be the main thing because two people trying to stealth at the same time will be a bit problematic so yeah. uh, maybe yeah I, I could just stealth in kill them both when anything happens you guys can know it immediately and act upon it yes <clears throat> um, okay that could be dana on watch because yeah. russ is going to go down to the officer's quarters because if push comes to shove i got spells at least that can put out a lot of hurt real quick if and if we get that point we're going loud anyways so let's put Russ uh, on the loud if and I'm as gonna far as, 
as far as the other ones, actually, something to consider. Fish Guts is sleeping in the galley, so he's essentially on the main deck already. Yeah, but we can't. We it's been firmly established that we can't count on him to be alert at any given time. Okay. <laughs> True. I'm not take. I'm not taking that chance on Fish Guts. Not for this. But thanks for spending the time with this. I'm just trying to get a sense of because we are going to be yeah. ending here yeah. very quickly. Trying yeah. to get a sense on how to set things up for next session. Yeah, um, I think uh, from for perspective of the the weapons deck, that would first and foremost be left to our allies to start that fight and deal with it as best they can. And Russell join as soon as the door to the, the as soon as the door to the crew our officers door is locked, Russell come up and join that fight. So I haven't I haven't placed everybody appropriately, but at least for the moment everybody you see on the weapons deck is who sleeps on the weapons deck. Okay. Okay. And I will say since we're effectively like taking this on to the evening until the attack happens Torlin, give me another Vigor check, minus two. Bring the pain. Okay, yeah, or, that's or a just ace on the D8. All right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I'm sitting on seven buddies. Should I go for higher? You just can't. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're good. I think you're good. Critical failure. Let's not tickle fate. So, yeah, I mean, you've been, you, you've been nodding off. You've slept in more uncomfortable positions, and you've just been powering through the cold weather and everything. And we will find out how Torlin wakes up and how everything goes. I'm Ellie and I played Dana tonight. I'm Kevin. I was Russ. I'm Michael with Torlin. I'm Ernesto playing Truco. Thank you for listening. I'm Dungeon Master Philip, and uh, we will see you all next week for Mutiny on the Fevered Sea, huh? Have, have a good night, everyone. Have a good night. Good night. Good night.